So this morning, I want to talk about treasure. As I was talking to the Lord about what he wanted to say today, um, that's what he had put on my heart. But what is treasure? What do you think of when you hear the word treasure? I suppose it depends on who you are, but maybe some of you would think of this. I'll throw that first picture up there. Christine, thank you. It's a really old show, so it's a really blurry image. This is like standard definition, but anybody, does this look familiar to anyone? I was going to say, I already lost a bunch of people. They, it's, it's in their head. Now that's what you're going to hear the rest of the message. Ooh, sorry about that. All right, focus up, friends. Come on. So, <laughs> so maybe you think of, uh, you know, good old Scrooge McDuck swimming around in his money bin. Um, or maybe you think of pirates, like my wife. She would think of pirates because pirates and treasure go hand in hand, right? I mean, buried treasure, pieces of eight, arr, you know, all that good stuff. That's treasure. Or maybe you're more sophisticated in your thinking of treasure and, and you're thinking more something like this, you know, like the Mona Lisa. Or maybe Starry Night, you know, artistic treasure. It's good stuff. Or maybe you're a different, different kind of sophisticated like me and you see treasure as bright red and with lots of horsepower. Oh, yeah. The Lamborghini Countach. This was like my dream car when I was a kid. I had this giant poster hanging above my bed and uh, I dreamt about it regularly. <coughs> An automotive treasure, without a doubt. Uh, there's faster, fancier cars, but this is where it's at, friends. Although I would say I'm a lot more practical now. I used to look at this thing and drool, and now I look at it and go, how much would it cost to keep gas in this thing? I mean, the maintenance, the speeding tickets. Boy, but you get the idea, right? There's lots of different things that we consider as treasure. And while I am talking about these types of treasures this morning, I also want to talk about another kind. And for that, we'll go to Matthew chapter 6. I'll give everyone a moment to get there in your Bible or your Bible apps, or you can follow along on, on the screen if you want. Um, you might keep your finger in Matthew 6. We'll be in there quite a bit. We'll bounce over to 1 Timothy 6 later, but most of my scripture is in Matthew today. So in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this, this passage speaks of two types of treasure, earthly treasure and heavenly treasure. And everything that we've spoken about so far is, is earthly treasure. So what is heavenly treasure? Well, I'm glad you asked. And while the answer to that could be presented in many different ways and could be incredibly complicated, I love the way that it's very succinctly put in a footnote that I found in the Passion Translation. Um, if you haven't read any of the Passion Translation, it's, it's pretty wonderful. And um, there's a lot of little tidbits, little side notes, footnotes, um, so I'm going to read Matthew 6, 19 through 21 in the Passion really quickly. 
It says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. So in the, in the Passion Translation, next to the words heavenly treasures, there's one of those little footnote markers. You can pull that up. Yeah, that guy up there, the little talkie box with the three dots. And uh, so in there, uh, it describes heavenly treasures like this. It says, heavenly treasures are eternal realities, such as loving others and doing good, revealing truth, and bringing Christ's light to the lost. None of these treasures can be stolen or ever lose their value. And I just really love that. Loving others, revealing truth, bringing Jesus to the lost. These treasures are lasting. These are the things that Jesus asked of us. When, when he was asked what the most important thing was, he said to love God and to love others. And his last command to us before ascending was to make disciples of all men, to share the good news, to bring Christ's light to the lost. That's heavenly treasure. And that's what Jesus wants us to build up. I love that the Lord put um, that scripture from Deuteronomy on Lady's heart this morning, because it's the same thing, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Share that with your children. Write it upon your heart. That's heavenly treasure. That's heavenly treasure. And sharing that with others, that's, that's heavenly treasure. As it says in Matthew 6, we can build treasure. We can store it up. And we can build earthly treasure, or we can build heavenly treasure. And Jesus in this passage is asking us to do the latter, to build up heavenly treasure, but he gives us choice. We can choose. Like, like in all things, he gives us free will. So we can choose what our treasure is. We can choose what we hold dear to us, and we can choose what we invest in. He gave this choice uh, to a man in, in Matthew chapter 19, and you may know, know the story as the rich young ruler. In Matthew 19, 16 through 22, it says this. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus could have said all of them, but you know, he spelled it out a little bit for him. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You should not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? And Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. So Jesus gave this man a choice, and it would seem from his grief that he chose his earthly treasures. 
Jesus told him that if he sold all that he had and gave it to the poor, he would have treasure in heaven. And then he told him to come and follow him. And this guy went away grieving because he owned a lot. And he was torn. And again, he seemingly chose the earthly wealth. We don't hear about this man following Jesus. We don't um, see anything other than him walking away grieving. He chose that over the heavenly treasure that Jesus Jesus promised if he was willing to, to give that up. In the verses that follow in 23 and 24, uh, after this man walks away, he tells his disciples that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Not impossible. He doesn't say it's not possible, but he says it's hard. Why so hard? Because the allure of earthly treasure is real. It's shiny. It's fast. You can swim around in it, you know? It can distract us. It can pull us away from what really matters. This is why Jesus tells us to build up treasure in heaven instead of treasure on earth. But simply having earthly treasure isn't the problem. It's the place that you give it. Last week, uh, Mark preached a message called Love Less, and he broke down Luke 14.26 that talks about having to hate your father and mother and even yourself to be Jesus' disciple. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. But in Luke 14, 26, that word hate is better expressed in the context of the scripture as love less. It's one of the definitions of that word. And this thing of earthly treasure is in the same boat. You can have earthly treasure, and you don't have to hate it, but you have to love it less. You can't love it more than Jesus. Jesus has to be first. In the word it says that the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil and that we can't serve two masters. Let's take a quick look at both of those scriptures. In 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10, it says this, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now I know a lot of people misread this and say money is the root of all sorts of evil. But it's not. It's the love of money. It's putting money above Jesus. It's putting earthly treasure ahead of heavenly treasure that brings us into ruin, that can pull us away from the faith and bring us grief. And then in Matthew 6.24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And it's true, we can't have two masters, friends. Somebody has to be number one, and that somebody has to be Jesus. And everything else has to be less than. And in that scripture, like in Luke 14, 26, the word used there in Matthew 6, 24, 
for hate is miseo, translated primarily as hate, but in the context of this passage, like in the one in Luke, it means love less. We don't have to hate what God's given us. I mean, he is the provider of, of everything we have. We don't hate it, but we love God more than what he's given us. We love him more than the treasure. We love that less than Jesus. So which do we choose as master? Which is the better investment? I hope the answer is obvious to you, but I want to point out some, some differences about these different treasures. And Jesus, you know, points it out in the scripture, but I want to kind of unpack it a little more. So the first thing I want to examine here is, is how we gain it. How do we store it up? With earthly treasure, how do you store that up? Generally, you, you save, right? You gather up all you can. You hold on to it. You keep it for yourself. Maybe if you get enough, you invest in a money bin like Scrooge so you can swim around in it. You certainly don't give it all to the poor, right? That was the rich young ruler's dilemma. If we give it all away, I won't have anything. But now let's look at heavenly treasure. How do we store it up? By pouring it out. By holding nothing back. By giving it all away. Remember, heavenly treasure is loving others. It's doing good. It's revealing truth. It's bringing the light of Christ to the lost. It's writing God's word upon your heart. It's, it's sharing the good news of Jesus with others. It's making disciples. It's gathering seed. It's sharing Jesus. I love how God works. We build up for ourselves treasures in heaven with generosity. It only makes sense. Our God is generous, so why wouldn't that be the way? We don't hold back. We don't store up, but we pour out. And in doing that, we build up treasure. We all have love. We all have good works. We all have truth. You don't have to be you know, wealthy from an earthly sense to be able to, to share these things with others. With Jesus, we have it all, all we need in abundance. And we don't have to hold back, and we don't have to worry about running out. Like the parable of the sower, we can spread these things frivolously, and we never run out. We all have the ability to build treasure in heaven, because what we have to share in doing that is Jesus. The gift that was freely given to us, and so we can freely give it to others. We don't store anything up. We just share Jesus with abundance. We place generosity above frugality, free-handedness above closed-handedness, and benevolence against merciless, merciliousness. If I could say that correctly. <laughs> but we store up by pouring out. I love God's economy. I love, I love how he makes things work. <clears throat> the next thing I want to point out about these treasures is their longevity. One is lasting and one is fading. Jesus mentioned this when he told us to build up treasure in heaven. Earthly treasure is fading. It's fickle. It's susceptible. It can be eaten by moths like this. That once beautiful art is now uh, shredded by moths. I think these were the like Amazonian killer moths that did this. But it can rust away. 
like the next thing. There we go. All right, I might need a moment to shed a tear. I know it's earthly treasure, but that's still sad. <laughs> Thieves can steal it. I mean, some people treasure a good cheeseburger. Not, not saying that McDonald's is a good cheeseburger, but, you know, he's a thief. You get the idea. Earthly things, earthly treasure, it's fading. It doesn't last. We can't take it with us. Like it said in 1 Timothy 6, we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. But heavenly treasure doesn't fade. Heavenly treasure is eternal. It can't be stolen, and it never loses its value. I think that sounds like the better investment, don't you? I would rather invest in something lasting and eternal versus something temporary and fading. <coughs> now, this may seem like a shameless plug or something, and it's really not meant to be. It's more to just make us all aware um, that we together are, are, are doing this right now. We're building up heavenly treasure. We really have been for over a decade. And that's why we invest in the church. That's why we're investing in Little Launch Christian Preschool. Now, don't get me wrong. The church and the school aren't the treasure. They're simply tools. But tools that we are using together to build up treasure in heaven. To love people. To reveal truth to bring the light of Christ to the lost, to help people love and follow Jesus. Does that sound familiar? To launch hearts and minds through the brilliance of Jesus Christ. To show young people who Jesus is and who they are in him. We were just talking around the fire pit the other night about some of the lessons that we're planning to teach in the, in the school. And one of them was the alphabet. We want to let these kids know that God is unchangeable so they're unshakable. So that they know from a young age who they are in Him and who He is and how mighty and great He is. This is what we're investing in together, friends, and what a joy it is. What a joy it is. The deposits we make into people, into these children, they'll never lose their value. They'll never fade away. They can't be stolen. We're all a part of this work. We're doing it together, friends. We're all investing in it, and it's lasting. In closing, which apparently means nothing, we'll go back to Matthew 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and I love how it's written in the Passion Translation as well. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. What else are we investing in, friends? Where are our hearts? Are we trusting in our own means or in our generous Father who richly provides all we need? Are we storing up or are we pouring out? Jesus just wants our hearts. And he knows that 
where our treasure is. That's where our heart's going to be. He wants our hearts aligned with him. He wants, he is our treasure, but he wants us to see him, esteem him, seek him as our treasure. Let's not treasure things that are fading. I don't need a fast car. I don't need fancy art. I just need Jesus. And that stuff doesn't last anyway. Jesus gave his life for us so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him, and he promises us treasure and reward. It speaks about it through scripture. But it's not here, friends. It's not earthly treasure that's our reward. Our reward is Jesus. He is our treasure. Esteem him as your treasure. Pursue Jesus. Store up treasure in heaven by living for him. Write his word upon your heart. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Be gracious in love, in revealing truth, and in sharing the good news. Don't store up, but pour out. In closing, for real this time, I want to share one last scripture. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It says this in the Passion Translation. To all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth, for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who lavishes upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Remind the wealthy to be rich in remarkable works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. These spiritual investments will provide a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure for them a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of true life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your economy where we don't store up, but we pour out to build treasure. It's just amazing. Reminds me of the verse that speaks about the birds of the air, and they don't store up anything, and yet they're taken care of. Lord, you are such an amazing provider. You care for us so, so greatly. So, Lord, just help us to trust you with our every need and focus not on storing up but on pouring out your goodness your good news we thank you Lord in Jesus name